All right, good morning, everyone. Glad to be back. I enjoyed my first visit to, with you guys. And if you are new here today, um, I'm glad you came. And it's a great way to start the new year. Just, you know, just keep coming. Now, don't expect me every week, and that's maybe a good thing or a bad thing. Jeff is great, and I'm so glad that you guys have such a great pastor. Um, one of the things I love about Jeff is his beard. It's always so pronounced. I, but I love, I love Jeff's heart, and um, honestly, though, it's, and I used to think it was a bad thing, and um, I don't know, maybe now it's a really great thing, but I could never tell if Jeff was really happy with me or if he was really mad, and I could never tell. You know, he just looked the same. He's just like, mm-hmm, like seriously, but, but joking at the same time. I love Jeff very much. I'm, I'm glad I could fill in for him again, and you guys have a, a great pastor here, so uh, please keep coming back if this is your first, first time. Um, well, let's get started with, uh, my name's Joe Klein again, and so uh, let's get started with a prayer. Uh, Heavenly Father, thank you for this new day, for this last day of of this year, 2023. And um, God, thank you for every day you've brought us to this point and that the sun rose today. And please give us a chance to listen closely and um, to hear your heart for us with the word today. And uh, please speak through me and and open our hearts to hear and our ears to hear um, your truth today. And uh, may, may I not get in the way of that, God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, well, um, today <clears throat> is uh, the last day of 2023, and it was, uh, well, you know, that, that's pretty cool that we get to mark that every year. Um, one of my favorite things that I got to teach, so I taught, one of the things that uh, you forgot to mention was I taught science in high school and middle school for many years. Um, 10 years, public school and private school. And um, one of the things that I loved about teaching science was helping people understand things that are truths around us, that God made these awesome systems and these awesome um, patterns that we get, a, we get appreciate if we're just looking. And a lot of times we don't even look, and then when we do, we don't always realize how wonderful it is. One of those things is um, that we can make models, right? One of the things that I loved about science, you can make models of things. Um, an illustration that helps you visualize. And, um, you know, sometimes as a teacher, I would, I would try to model things for my students. I would model the way I wanted them to, to respect themselves and the way they dress. And I would model them with a handshake. My favorite thing was to teach them right off the bat, um, no matter what grade it was, 7th, 8th, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th, to uh, teach kids, you know, look somebody in the eye, stick out your hand with confidence, and shake their hand strong and proud, and let them know, I'm here, and I'm looking at you. And, um, man, one of those, I remember one of those, one of the kids uh, came back, and was like, Mr. Klein, I learned so much from you, like two years later, I learned so much from you from science, I was like, really? Tell me one thing you learned. He's like, how to shake somebody's hand. I'm like, that wasn't really a science lesson, but good, I'm glad you got that, that model right. But so one of the, my favorite models is our globe, okay? We live here somewhere, uh, you know, around in this, this area, 
And um, I forgot my globe at home, so thank you that you guys had this one. I was just going to use the little, uh, little balloon-looking globe, which is okay, but it misses one of the key aspects of our planet. And that is um, this, this cool thing that we ha- we've got called the tilted axis. So, you know, this one, you don't really think about it, but when you see it like this, all you can think about is it's tilted. It's not up and down, and it's tilted on its axis. And, um, you know, 23.4 degrees makes all the difference, and that tilted axis is quite unique to our planet. But what's cool about it is um, we are celebrating one year, one full trip around our star, the sun. And um, we can really choose to any day we want to celebrate that one full year. A lot of people choose their birthday um, as like the big day we ce- I celebrate going around the year. Some people choose the day that commemorates when they were baptized year after year. Um, the, the Chinese countries, you know, like a, a third of the planet, celebrates this in February. Um, there's, there's other cultures. The Ethiopian culture celebrates this in June. Um, the Dru- Jewish culture celebrates the new year in September. It, you know, it's really kind of an arbitrary, um, artificial, like, marker, this, this new year. You know, it's not a lot's going to change from today, from today to tomorrow. Um, but it's nice to celebrate it. Because our little, our little planet has gone with us on it, spinning around, you know, pretty fast. It's gone all the way around our, our massive star. And we get a chance, however arbitrary, to celebrate that. You know, however, however we, we choose to take this, this is a chance for a refresh, for a restart. And what's cool is whether we created... The, you know, we decided the day is going to be, a, New Year's is always my favorite time to start, or it's my birthday, that's when I start. Fortunately for my wife, she kind of has this, she doesn't have to get to choose, it's now, now or never, because her birthday is the first, so tomorrow. So she celebrates this new year this time, no matter what, but I like to celebrate it in September, because that's my birthday. Um, but we celebrate the new year. Some people get a new haircut. Some people get some new clothes and they, you know, they make sure they introduce the new year, the celebration of the new year with a new outfit and nice shoes or you know, get a new pair of glasses or something. Um, in the Dominican Republic, there's a lot of, I grew up there since I was a little kid and there's all this superstition and so um, you know, just people just like believe a little bit of you know, maybe if you start out right, things will work better this year. And so um, you know, they'll clean their house. Everybody's got a clean house on, on New, Year's, New Year's Day because if you start out good, then it's going to work out better. A lot of people, you know, get a haircut and there's like this long, huge line with the barber on the 31st because everybody wants to start out the new year with a new haircut. So we, we celebrate this. Our little planet has done one revolution around our sun, which is a long way, and it took 365 and a quarter days to do that. And we did this huge revolution around the sun. Now, if you notice, I've got a picture just to give us a reference of how incredible that is because our earth is so small compared to the, the sun. It's, it's really kind of tiny. Compa- that's earth right there. You can't even, it's not even blue on this screen. It's just so small. It's a little black dot. That guy right there, 
That would be Earth traveling around this orbit of the sun. So it's worth celebrating. And a lot happens in a year. But let me tell you this. There's something else that's really cool about this. Whether, whether you get a chance to really make this big hurrah about New Year's or not, seasons are going to keep happening. There are going to be changes. And it's nice to know that those changes are going to come. It's also kind of scary to know that those changes are going to come. Because things will be different. They're not always the same. In fact, that tilted axis guarantees their seasons. When we've got our... our um, well, we would be in... Let me give you a reference point. We would be in... If that's the sun, we'd be in this season in, uh, currently where... Um, nope, this one. This season currently where uh, North America and the Northern Hemisphere is tilted kind of away from the sun, whereas the southern hemisphere is tilted towards the sun, which means it's the height of their summer, um, December 23rd, 22nd, and is the longest, coldest day of the year, December 22nd, for us. Um, That kind of balances out when we get around springtime. It's about even, and we call that uh, vernal equinox. It's March 22nd. And then when we get to... When we get to um, the other side, you know, where it's uh, summertime, we're facing the sun, whereas the southern... But that causes something. That causes change of our seasons. That causes it to be hot in some places and cold in others. And then it to, for that to switch every six months. Now, the other restart that we get is that our planet is spinning on this axis, which gives us... What does this give us? Come on, you guys. Day and night. Every single, you know, 12-hour period, we get a new change of that day and night. Also, uneven heating. And that uneven heating, but it's also a restart. Every new day is a new chance. You can let go of things that, you, that were such a big deal yesterday. You, got, you know, the sun, got, if, and you know what? There will be a time where that's the last sunrise that you'll get. And you don't know when that happens. And I don't either. So we got to make the most of and t- take, take hold of what we call today because it's, it's, the, it's the chance that we have right now. Um, and we hope that if, if, if God gives us the blessing of another day that we can also make decisions that time, next in the future day, um, to do things that honor God and to... And to make the most of our life as well. But right now is all we really have. I love the new starts. And it's, it happens so frequently. It's like so, you know, that's one of the cool things about our planet's system, about what God made um, with ro- rotation and revolution. You know, and they both, um, they both create uneven heating and they create something we call weather. Now, that's something about weather um, you know, we don't get to choose it. Well, they try to, but we're not going to go into that. They don't, we don't get to choose weather. It just kind of happens, and it happens the same for, for everybody. It's um, in Matthew, Jesus talks about this uh, in, his, in his Sermon on the Mount, and he, he probably wrote, shared this, this sermon a lot. This was recognized as his go-to, probably his go-to message that he shared everywhere he preached. Once he, once he grew up from being a little baby, 
Okay, follow my story here. He was a little baby. He was born in the manger, right? We, that's awesome. The whole world changed. Universe changed when that happened. Um, but due to um, probably a lot of just protection of him, there's not a lot known about his childhood. And then we see him as an adult and as a, as a 30-year-old man beginning his ministry. And his, one of the first things we notice when we start looking at the New Testament is this amazing um, message. And he probably preached it a lot of places. Um, but right in the middle of it, Matthew 5, 44, it says this. Well, 43, it says, uh, Love, for you have heard this, heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. Honestly, I don't know who said that. That's not a very nice thing to say. But somebody had said it, apparently. Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But it's logical, right? We kind of we all kind of realize that uh, you're supposed to love those people who are, kind, who are close to you, and then no one really expects you to, hate, to love those who are mean to you, right? But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you, may ha- that, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Um, you know, those, those changes that we have, that we get to, you know, we, we like the new, the new start part and the finish and the fact that we can close a chapter and open a new one. We like that. I like that. It's a great refresher. Um, it's kind of scary sometimes. But I don't always like the weather that's caused by that. It rains sometimes. I hear a lot more than most places. And then it snows sometimes. And then it feels like you're living on a globe that's a lot more like this, where something like that's happening. And you know, that's kind of what derails us often, is it feel like it doesn't, it doesn't spin the same every time. Like somehow, it t- sometimes days are worse than they were last time. You know, and, and what happens is, for me at least, um, I'm not so good at sharing joy when I'm feeling like the world's beating me down. Or when I feel like I'm standing for something good and everybody else is against me. Um... Those restarts are great, but the, the terrible things, we have, to, we have to accept that too. And that's the hard part. So we're walking into this new year, and we're celebrating having traveled around our, our sun, our, our star, but we also have to realize some of those things that hurt us last year, are some of those same kind of things, and maybe other ones, are going to happen again. And when I, when I, so we end up doing this. We end up building these barriers, and we kind of have a, we have a stock load of these jersey barriers that we've just put around all over the place, um, kind of to protect us from, so that I can, I can be good, I can be okay with whatever weather comes. I've got to block off some things and people and ideas. Now, um, I just came up with a few on my top of my head, but there are, there are many things that we think are so important right now. They're so important. But they, be, they can become barriers that alienate us from other people. Now, some of those are just your own reaction to the weather that happens. 
You know, I got a house and a roof I got to deal with, but I mean like not just the physical weather, the weather of I was burned once, I'm not letting that happen again. This, this time last year was, you know, I, I, had to, I had to protect myself from something and I'm going to make sure that never happens again. Do we do that? Do I do that. I, you know, I, I put up some of these barriers sometimes and I try to justify that with my own sense of morality, with my own sense of good. Um, freedom is good, you know. So I, so I don't like the government telling me what to do. And, and, you know, health is good, so, you know, I try to go out and go out. You know, and my idea is good. So I put up barriers against those who do not agree with me sometimes. And some of the walls we build and others sometimes are built for us. Like, I didn't really have any issue with people wearing a mask until they made an issue about it, right? And then it's, a, then it's his argument. We don't get to control the weather that other people are experiencing, but we often let that affect us. I let it affect me. I let the storms around me affect me and my joy and my peace and I hate starting a new year thinking it's reality, but it's, listen, this is a reality. We got to stop thinking that if I'm good enough, things will be good. Because there's terrible things happening and, and people that are hurting that hurt others. And you'll get in their way at some point. Or you'll be the one that's hurt that get, makes somebody else get in the way at some point. You know, there, there are a million things that are important right now to... to Stand my ground on, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> there's a million things, and there's always more, and there's so many more. You know, the enemy really likes the fact that there's so many distractions that they can th- he can throw at us. Besides our own issues and our own hurts, there's artificial issues being thrown at you every time you look at the screen on, t- on your phone or on the TV. You know, uh, COVID, masks, vaccinations... Uh, gender affirming, uh, women's sports, kneeling or standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. Of course, there's um, abortions always been, you know, come on, that's an issue we have to fight about. Um, freedom, uh, choice, Ukraine, Russia, Israel, Palestine, BLM, make America great again, electric vehicles, uh, um, intelligence, you know, the AI is going to take over the world. iPhone, I don't like those Android people. Etc. It's so important right now that we let ourselves build these barriers. Do you know what I'm saying? Do you guys, do you guys get that? Do you feel like that? I, you've done that before? Because I know I've done it. I had a friend, and I'm sad about this. I had a friend, very dear friend of mine. We, we, he was a, a young guy when I was a youth minister um, intern when I was in college, and uh, his name's Dan, and Dan and I became close pals. He, he had me stay in his house, and then throughout college and after college, and we played soccer together, and we hung out, and went on exploring around the world, traveling together, and <clears throat> Dan and I, we'd call each other's, we, he was my brother from another mother, and he would say, oh, brother from another mother. I'm like, hey, brother from another mother. We were close. We were really close. And then 
um, he got convinced that it was important to disagree with me about something. And I got convinced it was important to disagree with him about something. Obviously, it was COVID. I mean, that's what starts everything, right? But no, I mean, that, you know, he was on one idea and I was on another. And now, post-COVID, it's kind of, that was in the past. Let's let, it, let that go. But our friendship is not the same. In fact, we don't speak to each other very much anymore. And we let that barrier destroy what God had wanted for us to be friends and brothers and, and there for each other. We thought that was such an important thing. I thought, you know what? You don't get to tell me how, you know, my health and stuff. I can decide that myself. I'm an adult. And he thought, you know what? You're being mean. To, you know, it doesn't matter. It's past, but we still have that hurt. We still have that, we still have that barrier. If you know what I'm talking about, you know, nod your head. This is, these barriers we let ourselves build up. Because it, it was a big, no, it wasn't. Who cares what you thought about COVID? It's past. That was two years ago. Oh, it's masks. Who cares? Like, you thought it was such a big deal, but it really wasn't a big deal. Is that worth losing friendship about? Is that worth losing the chance to impact somebody's heart for eternity about? I thought so sometimes. I let myself think that. But it, there's, a, there's a deeper issue too, though. And um, there's a great movie that made me think of this. There was a great movie that I watched recently. I like football. I'm a fan. And uh, there's a movie about a guy named Brandon Burleson. It's called Greater. It's not a bad movie. I liked it. So this guy has a great story about a, line, a lineman who be, be, made All-American in his college. And, and then everybody was so impacted by him. He's such a great guy. He got people motivated. And you know, he was always positive. And then he got hit by a truck. And you know, he died young. And that was tragedy. And the whole movie is about his brothers you know, wondering what... What is really, you know, why, why is this, basically, it, it like, it, in like this, this um, loss of bearing, just kind of like floating around because he's like, how could this terrible thing happen to such a good person? And it, it made me think of something that I've been kind of struggling with, wrestling with for some time, and that is, um, there, uh, you know, be patient with me because this is just my observation, it might not be true, or not even, might not what you know might not agree with me. Um, please don't shut off yet. But there's this concept of that being a Christian means to be good. That uh, you know I got to be good, and that's why we have these. This why we have this firm stance on this is good, so I need to stand here and be good right here. And we let those barriers build up because we're so interested in being right. And good. The problem is, though, I looked and I looked, and there is nowhere in the New Testament Jesus says, Be good. Oh, man, I know, I know, I know. I know, look for yourself. I mean, I don't trust me on this. Now, in this very same verse that we are looking at, the closest thing that comes, and this is often surgically removed from the context, just, you know, laser surgery removed from the context. But I've heard people quote this before. Listen to this verse. Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. Oh, that's pretty close to being good. That's better than good. That's perfect, Joe. Come on. 
God, Jesus said, be perfect as God is perfect. And I'm thinking, it's not good, but it is the same direction. But when it's surgically removed from the context of Jesus' message, you can take it any way you want. Be good, you know, stand firm in your fight with further whatever it is. Uh, you know, dress the right way and look down on those people because of that thing is not right. But check it out. Let's put it back into the context that it was given and probably given over and over again across all of Judea. You've heard, it, heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward do you get? And are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only those who, who greet or only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even the pagans do that? Be perfect, therefore, as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's perfect in love. Because it's easy to love when people are nice to you. It's perfect when it's so different than what you are experiencing. That's perfect love. Perfect love does not require conditions. Perfect love is just giving. It's deeper because it doesn't require that you earn it. I'd give it no matter what. That's the kind of love that God has for you and me. You can't earn it anyway. Stop trying to be good. It wasn't ever the point. In fact, the point was watch Jesus so that your love can be perfect too. That's harder, that's harder for sure than just loving people who love you already. Man, it's hard. And when you include the internet, it gets really hard. And, you know, I should say something because, okay, sometimes it's really hard to be humble and, and to love in perfect love, the kind of love that doesn't need to win. The kind of love that says, I see the dirt on you, and let me get down, a, get a towel and get on my knees, and I'll wash it off for you. Be perfect. And what's funny is the very next verse, um, Matthew 6, Jesus goes on to say, Now be careful that you do not practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. For if you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. Kind of the opposite of what we usually expect when people are acting perfect, right? Like, I do this so everybody can tell. Like, there's an example to follow. Watch what I'm doing so that you know what to do because this is the good thing. That's usually what we're thinking when we're like, you know, just a little bit in too intentional about appearance. Or, or just, like, I'm not talking about me because obviously it's not me, right? That's what you're thinking. But when people are overly religious, it's usually so that other people see how religious they are, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus followed that sentence with, the be good, I mean, be perfect part. 
But he goes on to say, you know, um, give it to the needy. Do it so quietly that your one hand doesn't even know what your other hand is doing. So that nobody knows that you've given this gift. Or when you go pray, pray in a closet. Don't make this big show of it. Go pray in a closet somewhere. Go, go pray in such privacy that it's you and God. Or, uh, you, know, you know, when you fast, when you're, that's one of the, those, those things that most people um, don't call like a, a diet. It's just kind of like because they want to connect with God. Well, you can make this big show of it, or you could put oil on your head and you know, take a shower and dress up and say, you know what? No one's even going to know that I'm not eating today. They'll think I'm just, you know, it's New Year's Eve. Everybody's eating. And he says, if you store up your treasures on, in, on earth, all of the things that destroy everything will destroy your treasures. They're not, they're not worth much. Store up your treasures in heaven where moths and, and rust do not destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Lead your heart. Now, now we're getting to lead your heart. So what I noticed is it's a sequence. When you think being good is so important, you end up also kind of buying into the idea that when you do good things, good things will happen to you or to others. You say, you know what, I did good... I think, you know, I start to see a sequence, and sometimes that works, that's true. But, you know, the, the sun rises on all and sets on all, and the rains come on all, and that's not really a guarantee, right? And then the sequence happens where when things go wrong and stuff happens, the predictable response is what I saw in the end of that good, it's a good movie, but I saw this, and I said, this is a sickness. We do this all the time. When things don't go the way we wish them to go, I do this. Well, I don't, but I have to make myself conscious of doing this. Like, when don't go the way we wish them to go, we often tend to feel this, this urge to say, throw our hands up and say, well, God has a plan. Well, God has a plan. I, get, I guarantee you, the person who just lost their best friend to an accident does not want to hear you say God has a plan. That's the last thing they want to hear. In fact, they will probably wish you were not saying anything at all. When, when they realize that their mother just got diagnosed with cancer and will be gone next month, they certainly don't want to hear, God has got a plan. How is it my mom's going to be gone and I have to watch her die in front of me? Doesn't sound like a good plan, God. Right? Then you start to wonder, what is good anymore? Well, tell you what. Let's just scratch all this. That wasn't what Jesus asked us to begin with. He said, be perfect in love. Stop trying to be perfect. Stop trying to be good. Follow me in love is what he asked us to do. Follow Jesus in love. Loving those who do not deserve it or earn it. And then we can let go of the perfect idea. And when things go bad, we can say, I'm here for you. And Jesus has been here for you, and he will be here for you. And we can say, God's plan all along was for you to know that you're not alone. And that Jesus is with you. And here's, a, here's the, the model for you is, I'm here for you. The model 
of what Jesus could look like is right in front of you. I love you and I want to hug you. Instead of, I th- you know what? Don't worry. God's got a plan for it. This was God's plan. Jesus. That was the whole plan. It wasn't trust me and just ignore that this is happening to you. Bad things are going to happen. The rains will come. And when they do, our response has to be, God's plan was always love. And he showed it in Jesus. But Jesus didn't ever say he was going to be perfect. In fact, he promised the opposite. Stuff happens. God's got a plan. It's not what the answer is. Jesus is the answer. Jesus showed it with the way he, he loved people. He looked them in the eye. He healed them. He said, you know what? Whatever that was before, let it be past. Go into the future with the reality that I'm with you, that I love you. Walk into the next day with a refresh, knowing that I've got you. My, one of my favorite ways, things that I, my favorite things about Jesus is the way he ended in John, he ended his ministry with his closest disciples. And I'm just going to walk you through a highlight reel of that. And I know it's weird because we just celebrated his birth and now we're talking about his death. But really, by the way, BTW, um, those are the two most important moments of your life as, as it impacts others. Um, the, neither of them are your choice. At least they shouldn't be. Your birth, you don't know anything about it. You're, you're a baby. And it impacts everyone around you. And changes the world because a new person has started the world and it's, it's now different and better. And your death because it impacts everyone around you. And you're gone. You don't know anything about it. It's happened, done, by. But it ripples all around for everyone you've ever known. They're impacted. They're saddened. It rocks their world. Those two extremes of our birth and death are some of the greatest testimony that God gives for people to recognize that his plan was Jesus all along, if we let that be the case. Now, we don't have a choice in our birth. That's past. All we have is the other one. Let's make sure, like Jesus, every day we're ready for that other one to be a glorious one because it's the impact that God gives us that chance. Jesus took a towel and washed their feet. The last meal he had with them, and I'm going to turn to John, John 13. So if you've got a Bible, go ahead and look at this, if you don't mind. John 13. We've got these barriers, these walls. I don't touch that. We don't do that here. Right? I, I don't associate with those kind of things or those people. That's dirty. Jesus said, that doesn't exist, exist for me. Prostitute, you're a person. Tax collector, traitor, treasonous, jerk, you're a person. And you got problems that I can love you on because like God, like the Father, I am rich with love. There are no barriers to what I can love, who I can love. That's what Jesus was saying with this statement. He got down and took this place of the lowest servant in the house. And he went around and he, he washed the gunk off people's toes. And he told them, grabbed a towel and he said, verse, um, verse 12, he says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes, his jacket, and he returned to his place. The place of honor where he was supposed to be, you know. 
He's Jesus. And in that upper room, he says, do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, we're not talking about those who will have their feet washed will be blessed. That's always what we want to talk about. Oh, you know, I gave this and those people were so blessed. No, he said, you, you heard this, you saw me. Now, when you take a point, a position of humility and servitude and kindness and perfect in love the way God is perfect in love, you will be blessed. Your life will have depth because that's what God's plan always was, was for us to look at Jesus and say, I can do that. I can do what Jesus, and, and he's with you in it, but he said, look, it's, it's for me to, it's, this rescue is for all of us to be part of. It's little things. It's washing somebody's feet. But when we put up barriers, I don't talk about that. We don't, you know, I don't, I wanna, don't want to visit that, that, that institution. These people are too extreme for me. When we put up these barriers, we, we don't get to do this anymore. We don't get to be blessed because we're too busy being good, which Jesus said wasn't the point. I mean, he didn't say it wasn't the point, but he didn't say it was either. He said, be perfect in love and you will be blessed. It's a deep blessing. It's one that you carry with you, saying that <laughs> I, got, I got to experience what God's heart's like. And then after this, um, you know, he washed Judah, Judas's feet. It was after this moment that you, Judas got up, knowing that he was going to betray Jesus, knowing that he was going to sell him out for cheap Jesus washed Judas's feet too. You think that was easy? He knew what this guy was going to do. Look him right in the eyes and betray him. I've looked at people who I've trusted, who I've partnered with in ministry, who I thought were, were um, pillars of faith in the eyes as they betrayed me and took me to court and sent me, or other ones who, who, who sent the police to remove me from a country. I looked in the eyes with, you know what? It doesn't matter how you treat me. I'm going to love you anyway. And man, that, you, you just, the hurt doesn't feel so bad anymore. When you know, you just loved them anyway. Gosh, guys, this is a blessing that God is talk, Jesus is telling us. All right, so what, what happens next is um, Judas gets up. And Jesus predicts his betrayal, and Jesus gets up, and they, they have the, the Passover meal together. And then in the middle of this Passover meal, a very momentous celebration of freedom for the, for the Jewish people. Um, verse uh, John 13, oh, I meant to say, I was going to, I skipped this. People can be unpleasant, you know, some people, sometimes. 
Everybody can be unpleasant sometimes. Some people are actually mean, just really mean. But that doesn't, you know, that's what perfect in love is, is when you love them even though they're mean. In the midst of it. And it's true love, not so that you know I'm loving you, but just reality. Sincere. You're a person. I know you're hurting. That's why you hurt others. Um, now, Jesus says a couple of things. Let me go for this. He says a few things in the, in, in the verses. I, mean, I, I wish I wouldn't have picked such a dark blue. You can't hardly see it. Um, John 15, 18. Um, but before that, I'm, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Let's go back to this one. So right after this meal and this washing the feet, or right in the middle of the meal, actually, John 13, 33, Jesus says, My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I will tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. Well, these people followed him everywhere. I mean, that's what a disciple does, is they follow their master. They followed him lockstep lockstep with him, everywhere he went. In the boat, out of the boat. Up the hill, down the hill. In the bathroom, out of the bathroom. It doesn't matter. You know, it was everywhere he went, they went to. I've got, little, I've got little, um, little followers that follow me everywhere. Some of you guys get to see this. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. I walk along, and there's a train behind me of three, at least three, sometimes four now, little people that just, whatever daddy does, I'm doing it. And so when I know that they need to use the restroom, I'll say, hey, I'm going to go to the restroom. Oh, me too. You know, they were already doing the potty dance, but because I'm going. So Jesus' followers were kind of like this, and that they were... They were, you know, following him everywhere he went. And he's like, I'm going to go somewhere you can't go. And they're like, what? So that already kind of throws him off a little bit. And then he, he sneaks in there the most egregious thing he's ever said before. And we blow right past it. The most egregious, treacherous, um, treasonous, like, he wouldn't be on the ballot for a next election kind of treason. I mean, that was a joke. That was a, that was a, that was a political of the day joke. But it would be treasonous. Like, crucify him kind of statement. And we walked right past it. Listen to this. The very next thing he tells them. A new command I give you. Oh, wait a second. Who is he to be giving commands? God gives commands. In this statement, he's saying, in the moment where they're taking the cup and they're celebrating the moment of freedom that they always commemorate, which is a Passover, which is when, when God led the Israelites through Moses out of slavery. And they commemorate this every year and they say, you know, may we never be slaves again. You know, that God has provided us, provided a way for us to be free. And they've got strict rules about Passover. Like, you have to have six cups of wine, and they have to be all the way to the top, and you have to drink them all in one. You can't sip, and, you know, and, there's, and there's certain statements you have to make, and they have to be repeated by people, and it's a whole thing. If you've ever seen a Passover, it's a whole thing. In the middle of this meal, Jesus breaks with everything and says a statement that is, that is treacherous, that is treasonous, and he says, I've given you a new commandment. Love one another who, you know, when it's convenient. 
when they give you things, when, they're, when they scratch your back, when they're nice to you. Love one another unless you have to, have to hate them and then just do, go ahead and do that. No, love one another just the way you've seen me love you. This is before he died for them, but he loved them as people. He looked at them and said, I love you, no matter, even if you're a tax collector, even if you're, even if you're going to betray me. Love one another as I've loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. And then, of course, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? Like, he just kind of ignored what he just heard, right? Because you can't talk about the fact that Jesus called himself God and then replaced all commandments with one commandment. You know, you know when there's like an argument happening, you just kind of like, so, pass the potatoes, please. You know, you kind of skip that part. Simon Peter says, goes right into, Lord, where are you going? Jesus replied, I'm going. Where I'm going, you cannot follow, but you will follow later. And Peter says, Lord, I can't, why can't I follow you now? I would go anywhere. I would lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered, Will you really lay down your life for me, Peter? Very truly, I tell you, before the rooster crows, you will disown me. Three times. Well, that's got to hurt. But that wasn't the only thing Jesus told him. He also said, I have to read from here. John 15, 18, he goes on in this very same evening, he says, <clears throat> um, well, he says, my peace I, 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 I leave with you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you in John uh, 14, 27. But I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. <clears throat> but then he goes on to say, <clears throat> excuse me, he goes on to say, um, in John 15, 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind, it hated me first. Or um, John uh, 15, 20, remember that I told you a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my, if, if they obeyed my teachings, they will obey you also. Or um, 16, 15, uh, 16:2. They will put you out of the synagogue. In fact, the time is coming when anyone who kills you will think they are offering a service to God. Well, that doesn't sound good. Love your enemies. Oh, man, it's starting to get hard. It's starting to get a little bit hard, Jesus, when they say they're doing nice things for everyone when they attack me. And when they isolate me and kick me out of the synagogue and the community, <clears throat> starting to feel bad when they kill me. Can't come back from that one. And then he finishes with, <clears throat> by the way, this is the last thing he spoke with them before he was arrested. He says, verse, uh, John 16, um, Verse 32, a time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each to your own home. You will, you will leave me all alone, 
Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have told you these things so that, in, so that you may, sorry, so that in me you may have peace. So that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. Believe it. The rains will come, and it gets worse. They will come after you. It's like that little rain cloud in Winnie the Pooh that always followed Eeyore everywhere. That's going to happen to you at some point. The rain cloud just kind of only on you. Is that you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? That little, yeah, ho-hum. For I have told you things so that in me you will have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. And then, well, Passover is over. We walk across the street, sing our song, go down the hill to the, to the garden where we usually hang out. This is going to be a great evening. Oh, wait a second. Jesus doesn't seem so good. Kind of sweating a little bit. Here come some people with torches and, and axes and sticks and... Well, Judas is leading them. Oh, man. He, they want to arrest Jesus. And then they, they arrest him and they throw him in a hole. And then they uh, kangaroo court him. Just in the middle of the night, this fake court. False witnesses. And then instead of being, instead of being anybody standing up for him, it's, it's crucify him, crucify him. Now, this was supposed to be our king. He said, this is my commandment. Now, let me tell you this. We see this as victory. Jesus died in your place, in my place, so that we could be made perfect the way Father is perfect, in love. So that love can't even be stopped by death. So that there's no limit to what love looks like for us. He said, as I've loved you, and then he went ahead and did the most extreme thing possible. He died on his own volition, his own will for you and me. That's perfect love. Be perfect as your father is perfect. And I guarantee you this, nobody, nobody expected nobody when they got to the tomb. Nobody expected nobody there. Everybody showed up expecting to see a dead corpse. Because that's what we do. We're people. People die and they stay in the grave. Because that's what happens. So I'm going to skip forward real quick to the end of the story. So um, after being buried very, very solemnly and sadly um, in the middle of Passover feast. There weren't any Christians. There weren't any followers of Jesus because they scattered. They denied him. They walked away. Hope was lost because they saw him on the cross and they said, that's it. I thought he was going to be the leader now. I thought he was going to be king. 
Now they're going to come after me. I do believe he told me this, though. I know he said three or four times that he raised from the dead, but he also said, if they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. I remember that part. Isn't that funny how we remember some things? <laughs> they're going to come after me. All right, so um, John 20. Peter and, and John had both run with the news that there was, there was that the tomb was empty. It's a big surprise. Nobody expected this. John 20, verse 3, they were both running. Verse 4, they were both running, but the disciple, John, outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And there they saw an empty tomb. Later, they, they, were, they were listening. Mary Magdalene, verse 18, Mary Magdalene said, went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them what she had, all the things that she, that she had seen and spoken to. And in verse 19, if you, if you have it, look at here, John verse, uh, 20, verse 19. On that evening of the first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders. Locked. Of course. You don't usually lock the door in Jerusalem, not, not during Passover. Everyone's welcome. It's like Christmas. Say, come on over, come on in. But on New Year, I mean, uh, but um, the doors were locked. And then Jesus came and stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side, and the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Somehow different, can't be contained by locks, but somehow still the same. Those scars were there. The un, unhealed scars in his hands reminded him that he went to death for them. He came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be with you. As my Father has sent me, he says, Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. Go be my disciples. Love as I've loved you. My command is this, love as others as I have loved you. He finishes this story with this, this, this awesome Easter, Easter story. Well, it's, it's Easter story because we celebrate every Sunday, though. He finishes with this. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth that guides you into truth. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are already forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they will not be forgiven. Wow, hold on a second. That sounds, that's it. That's it. That's, what, that's, that's all we get. That sounds pretty heavy. But let me show you what this means. If we're unable to forgive somebody's stuff, barriers, junk on their feet, muck, if we're unable to forgive those things and then reach out with the perfect love of God, they won't know it. They won't know that freedom. They won't know that eternal forgiveness if you and I let those barriers stay. If we let, keep building them up and letting them be. Jesus put a condition on other people's forgiveness. What? 
the condition was you and I have to forgive them first. We have to stop letting these things become such a big deal. Because if we can't, they won't hear about Jesus. If we're unwilling to forgive other people's junk, we also are unable to share Jesus' love with them. Let's start out this new year focusing on Jesus and becoming an agent of his peace. There's an experiment that I wanted to show with you guys, but um, I'll tell you later. But a broker... A broker is a noun, is an agent who negotiates contracts. The contract is already written. God already paid the price. Jesus already died for their sins. But they won't hear it unless that broker shares that information. Your friends, your family, your neighbors, your colleagues, even the ones that annoy you, they won't know hope in Jesus unless we are willing to forgive the things that bother us, even their political views even their craziness. Be perfect in love as your Father in heaven is perfect. Hope in Jesus plus God's spirit in you equals the peace that can break through barriers. Be a hope broker, not a people breaker. Forgive, focus on Jesus, and become a hope broker. That's, that's my New Year's resolution. That's it, right there, all of it. And I get a new day to try this over and over again because the sun rises and hopefully tomorrow I'll get another chance. And it's not about being good. It's about being perfect in love. All right, well, imagine if that was, if we dropped the good illusion and we started to trust Jesus and try to broker his hope to others. Imagine if that happened in your family, in your home, If we took it seriously that Jesus said, forgive and their sins will be forgiven. Don't forgive and they probably won't ever know forgiveness if you don't introduce them to Jesus. Imagine if this caught on. I think it would change a lot. Let's, uh, let's pray real quick. Heavenly Father, you are, you are awesome and, and you, you were born... <laughs> And the whole world changed because you sent salvation to us. God, and then you went ahead and did the craziest thing ever and just loved us, even though we don't deserve it. And then you invited us, you commissioned us. God, you asked me to trust you enough to follow you in this. Not to be a perfect person, not to do always good, to be perfect in love, to love those who are mean to me, God. To love the way you loved, the way you still love. God, you are perfect in your love for me. Please give me the strength through your spirit to be perfect in my love for others. To be a hope broker, not a person breaker. And God, there's always reasons to believe that this is too far gone. There's always reasons to, to stand our ground on some argument that we'll forget about tomorrow. But help us remember the only thing you asked us to do, which was to love the way you loved. Help us, God, give us your power and your strength and your spirit 
to take every new day and be perfect in your kind of love. Or at least try, little by little. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. People with an invitation. If you, if you haven't known this kind of peace, if you're, you're just ready to give God a chance and saying, look, this year I really want to just start out with, drop the good idea and focus on Jesus and, and try to learn what it looks like to follow him into this, into this hope. Today's a good day to start. Today's a really good day to make that decision. And it's yours to make. That's why it's love, because you get to choose if you, if you want to believe him or follow him or not. But if you, if you do choose, it's really easy. It's as easy as ABC. I had it on the screen. Can you put that back real quick? Because I can't. It's as easy as ABC. Admit that you need a Savior. Believe in Jesus. And choose to follow him. That's all it is. And say it out loud to him. Jesus, I admit it. You are king. You got the answers and I don't. And I want to follow. It's that easy. And you can have somebody help you with that. Um, Dan could help you with that. And others, thank you for coming today and God bless you this new year.